And we're recording. We're back for yet another episode, another podcast of Sizzling Quinny, episode 43, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong there, Quinny. I'm Sam Finlay, also known on the podcast as Sizzle, one half of this duo. My co-host sitting across from me via Zoom is... Hey guys, did you know who it is? It's your boy. It's Simon Quinn, also known as Quinny. I thought we we're up to episode 42. I don't know where you got 43 from, but I don't know. Maybe we're 43. I thought it was 42. Oh, either way, we're deep into the 40s. <laughs> we're in the 40s because, yeah, anyway. I, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think it is episode 42. That's okay. 42, 43 I mean, we've, we've done so many episodes now. We're just, yeah. we're deep in the podcast hole, but it's a great yeah. hole to be in. It is. It's definitely, we do, it's all about deep diving on this podcast. So, you know, you give the people they want. So if it's 42, it's 43, it doesn't matter. They get an episode and that's all they need. That's right. And we will be doing another deep dive this episode. Yes. You mentioned it there. It's timely, isn't it? You know, we love Marvel on this podcast. We've been very vocal about Marvel movies and also more recently TV series, but we have to talk Black Widow. It came out just this week. And we've got a lot to say about it. Some good, some bad. We're going to get into it. We're going to break it down like we do with the usual deep dives. We're going to talk highs and lows. We're going to give out our villain and our hero award. And then we're going to give it an affinity gauntlet rating out of six because that's just how we do things here. We're also going to talk a little bit of Loki towards the end of the podcast because yes. it is the finale this Wednesday. So we've got, to, we've got to talk a little bit about that and you know maybe what we expect from the finale and touch on the episode that has just passed, which, by the way, was an amazing episode of TV. I'm sure you would agree with me there, Quinny. Very, very much so. so it was a great episode. Probably the best I think I've seen so far out of all the Marvel TV shows. I would agree with that. All right, let's get into Black Widow to kick things off. Now, this was released, obviously, this year, um, July 9th. Uh, It was supposed to obviously come out last year, but because of the pandemic, pushed back a year. So this was a movie that was, you know, anticipated for for quite some time. Quinny, as I've mentioned, you were very high on this movie going in. This was one movie that you really wanted to see. So it's going to be interesting to, to hear your reactions, and we'll get into that in a moment, but, you know, just for a little bit of background for those who, you know, don't know, I'm sure, sure you should. This is the story of Black Widow, as we know it. Natasha Romanoff from the Marvel Universe, Scarlett Johansson plays Natasha, and she's been in a number of Marvel movies. She's well, uh, uh, well in, in um, I guess you could say, well placed in the, the Marvel Universe, especially the last phase. She's an Avenger. As you know, she mentions throughout this film, but we had some some other great cameos in, in this movie as well, and we'll get into that as well. Um, you know, some some like the Red Guardian. Um, you know, we had Drakoff as the the big bad in this. We also got the Taskmaster, and we're going to get into the Taskmaster, I'm sure, as well. Uh, but you know, to set the scene further, I guess a little bit of a synopsis or the background for this movie goes like this. Natasha Romanoff, a.k.a. Black Widow, confronts the darker parts of her ledger when a dangerous conspiracy with ties to her past arises. Pursued by a force that will stop at nothing to bring her down, Natasha must deal with her history as a spy and the broken relationships left in the wake long before she became an Avenger. That's as per Rotten Tomatoes. So this is a prequel. It's kind of like the first prequel that Marvel have done. I mean, obviously, like, I guess you could say, you know, movies like um, Captain Marvel is a prequel somewhat, you know, where it was sort of set within the timeline. 
And I mean, even like a movie like uh, Captain America, that's almost like a prequel because we got obviously Iron Man 1, if you're looking at it in the grand scheme of things. But obviously, spoiler alert, Natasha Romanoff, aka Black Widow, she dies in Endgame. So she's not around anymore. So this goes back to time when she was around and, you know, it's set just after Civil War. So the Avengers have sort of gone their separate ways. So let's get into it. Let's talk highs and lows. We'll kick off with highs. We'd like to start on a good note here. So, you know, Quinny, you can kick us off because I've done a little bit of talking. Give me a highs for the movie. That is Black Widow. Yeah, of course. I'd love to. I'll give you just a couple straight away. I think the main high for me was just the fact that we finally got a Marvel film. It's been a while since we got our last, like the last one we saw together would have been Spider-Man Far From Home. So it's been a long time coming. So that's a massive high for me because, you know, we love Marvel and I was keen as for this film. So that's just one I'll go off the bat straight away. Second thing, I think overall, I think that I really enjoyed it. I thought, you know, it was a good, it's what I expected pretty much. Well, we'll get into lows, but it was, I kind of expected a bit more from it, but it still was pretty good. I like the class, obviously. You got obviously our boy Hopper from Stranger Things. He played, he was a quality character in this. Uh, you got Rachel Weiss as well, who was amazing in this film. Uh, I also loved Rick Mason as well. He was a good character in this. So I like how he was sort of the ally for Black Widow, and you had and I just kind of liked the way that he portrayed the character. So I thought he was a great little. Uh, he only had a couple scenes in the film, but I really enjoyed it when he was on there. Uh, I think for me, action was good. Really good action scenes. As you know, says I love action movies. So it was good to see your, your classic Marvel epic fight scenes, chase scenes, definitely, you know, vehicles blowing up, vehicles going down subway tunnels, all that kind of stuff. It was great to see. One other high I'll mention before I go back to you has to be obviously the Taskmaster finally in the actual cinematic universe. I love the Taskmaster. Really cool character. He appeared in the Spider-Man animated TV show that I was watching on Disney+. Plus. Couple months ago, so it was kind of cool to see him, oh, him, be on screen. But as the, in the film, as you know, spoiler, it turns out it isn't a him; it's a her. But anyway, we'll talk about it probably later. But they're probably just straight off the bat. Just a couple for me that I really enjoyed. Yeah, look, we're definitely going to talk about the Taskmaster in detail because it needs to be addressed. And I'll start there as well because a high for me was the first scene we had the Taskmaster in. Great scene when he, she. You know, I guess it's a she, but you know, in the comics, it's a he, so it's a bit of a confusing one. But we'll ju- we'll just say the Taskmaster, I guess, for this podcast arrives the first time Natasha meets the Taskmaster, and he, she, you know, whatever we want to call her, um, is awesome. Like you get to see how the Taskmaster fights, and that is mimicking um, his opponent, which he does in the fight against Natasha. Um, and it really sets the scene for the movie, which get, got me really excited to see more of this character. Now, that's going to feed a little bit into my lows because that takes a bit of a, a detour, which I wasn't expecting and didn't particularly like. So I'll leave the Taskmaster there for a moment and I'll, and I'll go into some of my other highs. Uh, as you mentioned, it was just great to be back in the Marvel Universe for a movie. I mean, Marvel have done a great job with their TV series, and we're going to talk about Loki at the end of this podcast. But it, it's it's different, isn't it? A movie like it's a completely different, different thing. feeling. It, it's it's different. It's um, much uh, differently paced, I guess, than a TV series. And you can just tell it's got a way bigger budget. 
like from you know from where they shoot to the action scenes to you know the special effects you know the explosions um the fight scenes you obviously you don't get this type of action in any of the the series that we've had so far so it was just cool to be back in the marvel universe for an actual movie you know and this movie clocked in at two hours tw- uh, 13 minutes so it, it was it was a good ride like it was it was nice and long i thought it was um you know the perfect sort of length so you know uh, it was just great to be back in in that universe for another movie uh I liked some of the the side characters, I guess. You know, the Red Guardian, David Harbour. He, he was quite, great. Yeah, he was good. Comic um, relief. Yeah, he was just awesome. Not so great in combat. I thought that that might get into a bit of a low. Yeah, that would be into in those, those, I think, as well. Um, yeah. But he provided comedy. And, and I thought that the, the family, you know, Natasha, Yelena, Alexi, Melina, like they them together were just awesome. And we had that one scene when they were reunited and they were sort of having dinner, I guess. And it was like a, a anyone's, you know, classic family dinner, wasn't it? Um, so that was that was really great. Some of the back and forth there was awesome. You know, when uh, Melina's telling, you know, Scarlett Johansson not to slouch at the table, you know, it really had those nostalgic feelings of, you know, when, um, you know, you and I maybe have had dinner, you know, back in the day when we were younger and, you know, our parents had, you know, you know tell us these type of things. So I thought that was really cool. Uh, as well i liked all the nods as well to the previous films um it, it was kind of cool to you know have the the um the reflections on you know the avengers obviously they were brought up multiple times um i guess we kind of found out a little bit what happened in budapest you know that was something yeah, a little that, bit. That, was, yeah. that was mentioned has been mentioned in the movie so we kind of got some answers on that maybe not totally um but yeah, I mean, they were they were some of my highs, I guess. But I mean, I think it was just mostly getting back into the Marvel universe for another movie because you know, while the shows are great and while they're doing a really good job, it's the movies that really um, made me fall in love with uh, the MCU. So, uh, do you have any others? Yeah, I was going to say a couple more for me. Definitely, I just think the opening sequence, like the very first scene you see, you see the flashback scene, the big standard big marble ride in Ohio and you see like the family just chilling out and then there's just that massive epic chase um, scene, which I thought was really cool. And you kind of see them, you kind of, you know, on the edge of your seat straight away, it's, it's a really good action sequence. So you see them escaping Ohio and they've got, they're running away from like the Hydra Shield agents because they've stolen the, uh, whatever it is, the copy of the, I can't remember what it was, but they've stolen that copy to give to uh, the Russians or the Soviet Union. So I just thought that was a really cool scene. And you see, obviously, Red Guardian, you know, getting his sniper on, shooting his handgun, and then, obviously, Natasha starts driving an aeroplane. So we can see, as you know, in all the other Marvel films, she was pretty much you know, the best of everything. She could just drive anything she wanted. So it kind of was cool to see where it all started. So I think the first scene for me was definitely a big, great scene because it gets you right into it straight away, which is what you want from a Marvel movie. I also like... I also enjoyed the prison scenes, the Red Guardian, obviously, mm. when he's getting all the tattoos done, he's doing like the arm wrestles and stuff. I thought that was pretty funny. I just love it how they go and save him and it's just a really cool sort of rescue scene. And like, you know, the helicopter and then Natasha fighting. I thought that was a really cool scene too. That that scene, just to, to cut in there, really reminded me of something out of like the Fast and the Furious. Don't you reckon? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. From the one of the Fast and Furious films that I've seen, very much like that. Just <laughs> over the top, really ridiculous. Classic but, helicopter, know, like saving yeah. someone from prison or breaking no. someone out. You know, you had obviously a natural disaster with the uh, land. Uh, the, the avalanche, um, yeah. 
Avalanche. So yeah, <laughs> Fast and Furious definitely. Uh, I had that yeah, feeling. Definitely those vibes. And obviously, man, I sort of I enjoyed like the the last scene as well, right at the end, the post credit scene. As you know, we all love a post credit mm. scene because we get to see obviously our girl Madame Hydra, who also appeared obviously in Falcon and Soldier. Good old Val. So I thought that was a really cool way for her to appear in it. And obviously we kind of knew it was coming, as I mentioned before she appeared on Falcon Wind Soldier, that she was supposed to be obviously on in this film. So I really liked how you saw her. And she's like obviously talking uh, to the after the Romanov death and saying, you know, here's a man that's, you know, here's, here's the reason why this happened. So it's kind of links into the future phase, which is obviously going to be that Hawkeye show. So I just really enjoyed that. And I think one last thing for me, this is one of my favorite highs. I think Yelena in general, I thought she was amazing. So like the new Black Widow sort of, I just thought, you know, Florence, um, who I, I can't pronounce the last name, but I think she was amazing in this. Really worked well, obviously, with our girl Scarlett Johansson. So I thought they had a really good connection and it just made, and they really, for me, felt like they were sisters. So you could tell they obviously worked quite well together. So it's very much for me, like gave me a lot of Loki and sort of um, Sylvie sort of vibes, just the way their relationship mm. develops throughout the film. And obviously for Yelena, that family environment was real for her. So that big idea, that big push about the importance of family, I thought was really strong between their relationship. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go into Lowe's because I've got a few and I'll, I'll, I'll kick us off. And I think one of them is the timing of this movie. And, you know, obviously it got pushed back a year and that's one thing, but I think what hurts this movie is when it came out being after Endgame and after, you know, we know Natasha has died. You know, I don't think this works as a prequel. I think this movie would have hit a lot harder if it came out in the chronological order, if it came out after Civil War. Yeah, would have made more sense. Yeah. And I think we would have been even more invested in Natasha if it had come out then. You know, uh, I think it, it's it's hard looking back, knowing everything that's happened. And, you know, I think also the timing of when it came out, you know, after just watching Loki, which is such a great show. And, you know, this is a movie, so it's obviously different. And we're really invested in that world. And now, you know, three days, three, four days later, we get this movie. So I just don't know about the timing, you know, one, it coming out straight up in between, you know, Loki's penultimate episode and the finale. And then also just, coming out as the first episode to kick off the next phase. You know, it doesn't really push the Marvel, you know, universe forward in any way, I didn't think. You know, it just sort of gives us a bit of clarity over her background, which was a bit of an unknown, which, you know, is great to find out, but it would have been great to find out before she dies, I think, and before, you know, Endgame, Infinity War, before, you know, she you know, continues her journey as an Avenger when they come back together after, you know, they the, the falling out of Civil War. So that was one thing I just, I think it's timing and, and when it was released, I think this would have just hit a lot harder if it was part of the last phase. Um, that's one thing for me. Uh, this is something you and I texted about. I thought the action scenes, while I liked them, I thought it was a bit ridiculous how sort of unbreakable and how, uh, Natasha was almost made out to be a super soldier because yep. we know she's not a super soldier. Like she doesn't have any um, abilities out of just, you know, the ordinary of, you know, being obviously trained within the red room and, um, you know, being a, a spy really, but she took some wild and I mean, wild, wild falls hits. and hits. Like there's that one scene after her and Elena meet back up and they're being chased by the other spies from the red room. 
and she falls like four f- floors to the ground yeah. and, you know, gets back up, is fine. And then moments later, the taskmaster plants or will shoots uh, a bow and arrow, shoots an arrow with an explosive on the end of it underneath the car that she's driving. The car does like a somersault in the air and blows just goes flying into like a subway and basically blows up. And yet her and Yelena just get out of the car and just like, you know, run away. We're like, good just, guys, yeah. Like, I know this is a Marvel movie and I know we got to expect these type of things, but I thought it was a little far-fetched. Like if this happens to Captain America or Thor or, you know, someone of that nature, Iron Man, when he's got his suit on, I'm okay with it because we know that they can sort of take that beating. But I feel like with someone like Natasha, who's not a super soldier, they got to be a bit more realistic with it. So, I mean, it lost a little points for me there. And, you know, one other thing, and I'll pass it back to you because I'm sure this is going to be a talking point for us, is the Taskmaster. Look, we mentioned it there as a high. That first scene we got the Taskmaster was awesome. Like, And I think the Taskmaster was really portrayed quite well in that first scene. And even the the, the next few scenes we got of the Taskmaster, but the reveal of the Taskmaster being the daughter of um, Drakov, yeah, Drakov, just didn't seem right, and it it was almost like it was this built up to be this big reveal, and it was really just a huge letdown for me. You know, as we know in the comics, the Taskmaster is a male, and you know I've got no issues with it being a female, but being the daughter, and then at the end of the film after, you know, they have a bit of a, a duel and then the Taskmaster, you know, I guess comes back to reality and figures out who she actually is after Natasha uses the, um, the red exactly, mist or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. The, the serum or whatever it is. Then it's just like, she's just a regular human being again. And it's kind of like, it takes away from the actual character and the villain that the Taskmaster is. You know, this is someone that goes up against some big um, heroes in the comic books like goes toe to toe with um, some of the the best. And I thought, you know, it was just, and it's, it's a bit of a shame because now it's like, they can't really use that villain again. Like if they do, how do they do it? So yeah, I, I, I thought that was a big issue for me. I mean, we might stick on that point. I'll throw it back to you. What did you sort of think about the whole Taskmaster? Because I thought it was a big issue. Yeah, I agree. Like I thought, I didn't think it was the best reveal. But I honestly, uh, at the moment, we got the flashback scene where Natasha's like looking up into the room when she tries to kill Drakov the first time and the daughter's there. And the whole movie, she's like talking about how much she regrets killing the daughter and like, you know, she, it's her fault and she wants to make amends. I just thought, I, as soon as I saw that, I just knew straight away she was going to be the taskmaster. So I just thought it was really obvious. I sort of just picked it up because I just, the way that they were pushing it, I'm like, yep, yeah, this is going to be the taskmaster because obviously... Her sister's like, oh, you know, it's the Drakov's new toy. It's his new weapon, his new toy, blah, blah, blah. And you obviously never saw the Taskmaster's face or anything. And so I thought that was just a bit obvious for me. And again, I didn't really like it either. The reveal was a bit of a letdown. because I was hoping it was going to be something something more. I thought like, you know, maybe even it was going to be like, you know, something like a Hawkeye sort of type sort of character because mm-hmm. he obviously uses the arrow and he uses all that kind of stuff. So for me, it definitely was a letdown. I wanted, I expected more from it, but I did like you were saying. I thought it was pretty obvious. So the moment we kept getting the big push about how she thought she killed his daughter and stuff like that. So yeah, they could have done it a bit better. I think. I mean, I will, I will say, and I should have mentioned this in the highs. I did love seeing the Taskmaster 
replicate other Avengers and other heroes. Like the shield, that was awesome. Like, you know, tossing that around like Captain America really but was using like, the arrow, the bow and arrow yeah, as well. Yeah, lots of goosebumps. And even we got the um, the claws like Black Panther. Yeah. But yeah, I just thought it was a huge letdown, you know, and like I haven't really read the comics. You know, I, I, I obviously do my research after I've watched the movies and find out a little bit more. But, you know, from what I have read, the Taskmaster is like pretty awesome in the comics. And it just seemed like a bit of a letdown how they sort of, you know, did it, I guess. But hey, who knows? Yeah. I mean, an interesting take that I heard listening to the Ringiverse. I don't know if you've listened to the most recent episode of the Ringiverse. They were sort I of haven't talking about it. Black Widow one yet. And they were sort of saying like a way to sort of fix that issue would be make the task mask the suit more of the thing rather than the person. So then, you know, if then someone else, maybe a, 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 another villain, another person puts the suit on, puts the suit on, can then Use become like that villain. Suit. Yeah. So it's sort of like the Iron Man suit. But it's yeah. Like which would be cool, suit. I think, because it's a shame if that's all we get from this villain. Yeah, because there won't be any more Black Widow films. So unless Taskmaster appears in some sort of crossover film with like the Hawkeye show or something. And yeah, then exactly. Elena's on and her I mean, way to take yeah, him out. I, that's right. So, so yeah, any other um, major lows or flaws you had? Yeah, just mainly for me, I'm, I was sort of a bit, you know, Alexi as well, the Red Guardian. I thought he was, I, I thought he was a good character for like your comic relief and stuff. But he's supposed to be like a Russian super soldier. And I just didn't like how like he just looked like he was struggling the whole time when he was fighting people. Like he's supposed to have super strength and all that. And he can barely get out of prison. Like I don't know why he didn't just escape himself. Like no one's got to stop him. He's got super strength. And then also like he struggles against the Taskmaster. Like I get like in the cop, yeah, the Taskmaster is obviously a really good hand-to-hand combat person. But if you're going against a super soldier, I feel like you got no chance. It kind of gave me sort of like the Bucky sort of vibe. How I felt like they depowered him a bit in the TV series. I feel like they've done that the same with the Red Guardian. And they used him also as sort of like that comic relief sort of style character. So I didn't really like that. I thought I wanted a bit more from him. And then another thing, mainly like you're saying with Black Widow and Natasha, just like the scene at the end as well, where she's literally just getting beat up by all the girls and she's not bleeding. She's just taking it. She's fine. Like, it's like, come on, you're not a super soldier. Like you're just taking a beating and it just wasn't realistic enough for me. I know it's a Marvel film and, you know, it's supposed to be a bit over the over the top, but I just felt like that for me was a bit of a downer as well mm. as like the scene at the end when they're like fighting in the sky and she like somehow like swaps a jetpack with Yelena and like somehow they both land and they don't get hurt at all. And the Taskmaster also lands and survives too. So I just think there was just a few things I felt that they could have done a bit better. But they're probably the main lows that I can think of. Yeah, look, I don't have anything else that like I would really add to that. I mean, I think just the big the big issues I had was the timing of it when it came out. I think it would have just been, you know, as I mentioned, would have been yeah. a lot lot more timely if it had to come yeah. out and not in this phase. I just think yeah. that's a huge issue is this being yeah, the and first all the trailers movie. too. Yeah. Yeah. The first movie of this next phase. Like yeah. so, you know, that that's um some issues I had. But um yeah, let's move on though because we we want to talk about Loki. So let's get through um, talking about Black Widow. Let's award a hero and a villain. Hero being the character we enjoyed the most out of this film, and the villain being the character we liked the least. So I'll kick it over to you. Who did you have for the hero of this movie? 
Yeah, so for me, for my hero, I went with Yelena. I thought she was amazing. I mentioned it before in my highs. I thought she was a really cool character introduced and I kind of, I can like dig the fact that she could be the future Black Widow. Like it makes sense to me. Like she's been trained in the Red Room. She's very similar to Natasha. They were like a family together, pretty much like sisters. I just thought she was just a really great character and just like her relationship development throughout the film with obviously, you know, Natasha, Alexi, you know, her family figures, stuff like that. I just thought that was really good and very clever. So I just really enjoyed her being in this film. And, you know, like just her relationship as well, like Melina as well, like the mother-daughter relationship, I could definitely buy it. Like I could definitely tell that it was there. Obviously it was supposed to be, you know, you know, they're undercover, it was all fake. But you can just tell there was, you know, really good chemistry there. And I just think it, it kind of brought out the best of all of them, especially like we mentioned that, you know, that cool family dinner scene. We love that. So I just really think her overall as a character was really cool. I'm really excited to see her in the future. And hopefully she appears in the Hawkeyes show. And if she's working with Madam Hydra, we want that because we yeah, obviously right. love Madam Hydra. So that would be really interesting to see how they go with that. Because as we know, that links into Captain uh, the Winter Soldier and Falcon the Winter Soldier. Mm. So that should be really good. That's my hero sizzle. Yeah, look, I had the same hero as well. Look, Yelena for me uh, wins this award. And, you know, I don't really have too much to add to it there. You sort of covered it. I thought she was really um, the best character in this. I thought she provided both that um, emotional connection. I thought she really pulled that off really well. And, you know, it goes to show how much the fa her family meant to her, even though they weren't really her family. Uh, but then I also, also thought she brought that comedic aspect to it as well. Um, you know, her relationship with Natasha throughout was really cool. Like they had some, some great exchanges. Um, I loved the one about that was sort of an ongoing joke. about the pose, yeah. Yeah, about how Natasha always, you know, whips her hair back after, you know, getting up off the ground and then she does it and she doesn't feel comfortable about doing it. She sort of yeah. makes a, a joke of that. So that was great as well. So, uh, yeah. yeah, look, my hero goes to Elena. Uh, moving on to our Elena. villain. I feel like we're both going to agree on this. I could be wrong, but I'll jump straight in. My villain is the Taskmaster. Like, look, I'll be honest, five minutes into this movie, or maybe not five minutes, five minutes after seeing the Taskmaster, in the first scene, I was like straight away, that's my hero. I was like, I am all in on the Taskmaster. But then obviously for all the reasons we explained, I just, you know, thought they just did the Taskmaster dirty. So, you know, I'm going to have to give this award to uh, the Taskmaster there. Look, I just thought like really underutilized. So, yeah, I, I won't talk too much about it because, you know, we already covered it in our lows there. So, yeah, that's my villain. Yeah, I was definitely, I was going to say 100% the Taskmaster. Also, I was going to say, as a side note, also all the most, all the un unrealistic action scenes where Natasha is a super soldier. That for me was a bit of a villainy. Yeah. Uh, I'll stick to the Taskmaster as well. So I think we're going straight sets this time together. Yeah. Tick, tick. So, like all the reasons you said, yes, opening scene, loving it. The Taskmaster, badass, cool movements, love how the mix everything and then the big reveal just wasn't there for me didn't do it for me so sorry taskmaster yeah You're the villain all right infinity gauntlet rating so this is a rating we give the movie out of six for the infinity stones there's six of them so we like to give a rating out of six so we got to do it for reference if we look over to our good friends at imbd they ranked at 7.1 out of 10. So not, not too bad, actually. 
I thought it would have probably gotten a worse score. Um, and then for further context, our friends over at Rotten Tomatoes. So the audience score was 92%, which is very high. Um, and then 80% for the tomato meter. So, you know. That's pretty good. Pretty good. Like it, it rated better than I I would have thought. Um, you know, for further context, if we're looking, we, you know, want to talk about it in a moment, but Loki, a show that has still the finale to come out, that is currently sitting at 8.9 on very IMDb. High. Yeah, that's pretty good. So very high. Um, but look, let's give it our own rating because we like to do that on here. Look, I'll go first. I thought like, you know, while I really, really enjoyed being back in the Marvel universe and while, you know, it was great to have Black Widow back in our lives and, you know, watch a, a movie once again, I just thought there was, there was too many things that sort of fell short um, for this to be a movie that I could really rate over three. So I gave it a three, three out of six. Um, you know, and even that, I thought that's generous. That's a generous three. I almost gave it a 2.5, but you know, it was, it was just great to be back in, in the MCU world for a movie. So, uh, yeah, three for me. How about yourself? Yeah. So I'm obviously, yeah, um, I was a bit let down by it. I was obviously quite high on it like a year ago when it was supposed to come out. I was looking forward to it coming out. And I just think like you were saying before, the timing of it just, let it like didn't do it for me too many trailers that they released trying and it kind of gave away what was going to happen in the film mm. and like we said a couple of lows in that film i think one thing i forgot to mention which i think sort of impacted by overall rating also the fact that i didn't actually get to see it at the movies yeah. so i think sitting at home for me and then obviously not seeing a film with you as you know that's how i go to I think for me, it was just a bit different. It was a different vibe. Yeah. I mean, that's that's something that I was meaning to ask you. Do you think that if we had to watch this at the movies together like we normally do, do you think we'd be sitting here having a very different conversation or do you think that that wouldn't have saved it? Um, I think I think we'd probably be having similar conversations and I think we might maybe have found a few more things that we might have liked a bit more. I think because in the actual when you because the movies it's like an experience so it's like the vibe that you're in so you always you're always fired yeah. up for it so I enjoyed it like it was cool being able to just you know put it on TV and sit on the couch and watch it but for me I think that kind of impacted it too because mm. I obviously wanted to see this in person at the movies so thanks a lot COVID but I think yeah so for me yeah the Taskmaster let me down Red Guardian was supposed to be a super soldier but he was just kind of useless when it came to fighting. And yeah, I think for me it's a three out of three Infinity Stones out of six. So that's probably yeah, I think it's a three. I wouldn't say yeah, I, would, I was being super generous, but I think it's probably a three for me. We've really agreed on pretty much everything in this podcast. I know, so, a bit different. There you go. Great minds think alike. Yeah. All right. Well, look, that um wraps up Black Widow. Now let's move on to finish the podcast. We got to talk about it because this week, come Wednesday. We're going to have the final episode of Loki, which has been just a treat. It's been an amazing show. I'm loving every minute of it. I cannot wait. Episode five was spectacular. Like it was the best Marvel show that we've, well, the best Marvel episode we've gotten so far. We obviously had WandaVision. We've talked about that in a previous podcast. Um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier as well. We've talked about that as well. But I think episode five, the last episode we got, was the best that we've had so far. Um, look, let's just let's just touch on you know that first and foremost. 
Was this your favorite episode so far? Not only of Loki, but of all the shows that we've got from Marvel? Yeah, like I said at the top of the pod, definitely for me, it's probably my favorite so far out of all the shows. So Loki's definitely getting there for me. Like episode three, I wasn't as high on, but ever since then, like I've been hooked on it. I love it. It's been awesome. They've done so well for it. It's such a great show. So for me, it's definitely, I'm very excited, but I'm also a bit disappointed that there's only one episode to go. Yeah. So I'm glad there's a season two apparently coming out, but it'll just be interesting to see what happens in episode six and if our boy Loki will survive or not. That is the question. Will Tom Hiddleston, will he go out or will he stay? That is the question. But Yeah, well, look, look let, 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 let's get into that then. Let's give some, I guess, some predictions for what we think is going to happen in the season finale. Obviously, we're going to get some sort of reveal of, who is behind the TVA and who is the quote unquote big bad. Look, we've got a bit of a chat going with our good friend, Caleb Hansey. Shout out to Caleb. Shout out to Caleb. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we've been very vocal about who we think is behind the TVA. Obviously a lot of people have, and the rumors have been circulating that it is Kang the Conqueror. You know, we know he's going to be in the next Ant-Man film but you don't want to buy it. You just don't think it's going to be Kang. Uh, explain to me your reasoning and explain to me what you think is going to happen in the finale and then I'll go. Yeah, well, my reasoning is pretty simple. Every time, to the Lord, we do this every single time, we get our hopes up that we think it's going to be revealed, it's going to be big bad. You know, we thought, oh, WandaVision, it's Mephisto, is a nightmare. Is it my boy, Dr. Doom? Whatever it might be, it doesn't happen. It always seems to be a character we've already seen in the show and it's like a minor villain. It's not a well-known mainstream person. So for, obviously for one division, it was Agatha. And then obviously same thing, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, not really a big reveal either. It was someone with Sharon Carter the whole time. We saw her throughout the whole show. So she would end up being the big bad. It wasn't anybody else, nobody else. It wasn't Thunderbolt Ross. It wasn't somebody else outside taking over. So we know it was just a simple one. And this one for me, I reckon it can't be Kane, just simply because they're not going to re- they're not going to reveal him in a TV series. They're not going to do it. As much as people want it to happen, I know you and Caleb are very high on this, but you don't even reckon it's going to be like a mention. Okay, the, like only, a, the, the only the only thing the only thing that might happen, I think, he might they might mention him maybe at the end. Like they might mention, oh, we better report to Kane. We better let Kane know, or we better let him know, or something. I don't think it's going to be him as the main big bad that's revealed. So as not even in like the, the stinger, like like kind of like a Thanos-esque, like, you know, fine, I'll do it myself. Well, think about like, the power. It was sort of like Sharon Carter's a power broker. She's like on the phone and she's like, she talks to, she goes, you know, whatever she says and she's talking to somebody else on the line. So maybe it could be, you know, let's report to him or, you know, see what he has to say about it. But for me, I reckon this is what's going to happen, right? You ready? All right. Remember last time my Falcon Winter Soldier was spot on, Right. <laughs> Loki and Sylvie, they're going to go into the castle. They're going to check it out. They're going to see what's going on. So who's in it's the going, castle? So in the castle, let me get there. So while this is going on, they'll be going for the, you know, the castle fighting, battling illusions and stuff. And then Mobius will also be getting some time with the TVA. And then it'll be revealed that obviously the TVA is going to be run by, what's her name? You can always forget her name. The main girl. Ravona. Ravona. She'll end up being the main person. Ravona She'll be, resp- she'll be the one running the show there and he'll obviously reveal her and try and, you know, burn it to the ground. And then as Loki and Salvi are going into the throne room of this place in this castle, there's got to be a chair. You're not going to be able to see who's on the chair. 
It's got to turn around and on the chair, it's going to be a Loki variant. It's going to be another Loki. The show's called Loki for a reason. So this will be a Loki, another variant who wants to destroy, get rid of his competition and stop them from taking over because he's scared of, obviously, what the Lokis can do. So I reckon he's going to be a Loki variant. Yeah, look, I think that's a pretty solid take. Like, I, I think that's definitely in play. I'm not not discounting that at all because... Oh, okay. I, it's going to be Dr. Doom. No, it's not. <laughs> I was waiting for it. Look, I, I, I think that's definitely something that could happen. But I, I really do think, and I know we, we do this to ourselves every time, and we, we did it for WandaVision. I was very, very high on Mephisto being the big bad and didn't have a nightmare. Did not happen. But look, I just think Kang... It has to be Kang. Like we, this Kang is all about time. What's the show all about? Time. What's the TVA? Time. Like we know Kang is linked with the TVA, linked with, um, you know, this world. So I think it has to be Kang. And, you know, we had so many Easter eggs in the last episode that it was Kang. We even had, you know, Kang Enterprises up on the, um, the the big building that looked like the Avengers. Yeah, what a, uh, yeah, it's called tower. something else, but relates to Kang. Yeah, yeah, not not Kang Enterprises, but it was I think his yeah, real yeah, name. I know what you um, mean. Yeah, yeah. Also, Elias, who was you know the big smoke monster, is linked to Kang in the comics. But in the comics, isn't Elias like a rival of Kang, not a, like a servant of Kang? That's right. Yeah, but the Marvel universe like to change things. I mean, like we the, just well, we just talked about the true. Taskmaster, you know. So you know. That's one thing as well. We got the Ant-Man yellow jacket helmet in this as well. And we know Kang is going to be in the next Ant-Man. But we so, also know Marvel like to do this, don't they? So they like they do like to mess with this. Oh, they wait, do. that's that. What's this? Look. Oh, that's that. That's that. Yeah. They're, oh, they're YouTube deep right dive. They're rest, right. messing with It's right got to be now. Miss Minutes, all right? Miss Minutes is going to be a sneaky. She's the next. She's an outside winner here, I reckon. She's a sneaky look, bet. Look, I think... I think it, It'll be Kang, but I, I I agree with you in the fact that they're not going to give Kang much time on air. Like I think it could be in the post credit stingers, or it could be at the very last moment Kang is revealed. All right, I got it before. I've just changed and- it. Loki is going to appear as Kang, and then as the show ends, he reforms into the Loki variant body as opposed to Kang. Yeah, that's that's not bad. That's not bad. Look, I think yeah, I don't know. I'm sold on Kang. Another thing that I actually would like to happen, and I know people probably won't enjoy me saying this, and I think this is actually still in play. And I know this goes completely against the character building that we've had in this show, and especially last episode, because obviously there's a relationship and it's a very strong bond between Loki and Sylvie. How about this? Loki does what he's always done. And then he turns his back on Sylvie in that final episode double crosses her, kills her, and it turns out he's actually behind the TVA. Possibly. I did say Loki. I reckon it's another Loki variant. I don't think it's a variant, though. I'm, I'm saying it's, it's Or you reckon Loki. it could just be Loki, our Loki. Or not so much that he's behind the TVA because obviously he wants to take down the TVA, but he becomes, you know, I guess the big bad in the end and ends up maybe killing Sylvie. And you know, I don't know. Basically, if he will, he basically looks giving it looks us like they love each other or something. There's something weird going on there. But what does Loki do time and time again? True, but isn't the whole point he's changed? Like that's the god of made. mischief. True. It would be it would be the ultimate the ultimate Loki mischievous lie. Like I think it would be kind of fitting. 
You know, it would yeah. obviously go go completely against all the character building that we've had. But, you know, I think it's in play. Yeah, I think anything's in play in this show. This this show has just been like mind bending. So I think anything is sort of in play. Well, I never um, knew there was an alligator Loki until I saw the show. And Allig- yeah. alligator Loki's the goat. Like he's the man. Okay, alligator <laughs> Loki, you're amazing. Need some more camera time from you. I don't know. Classic Loki was pretty great. Classic Loki was good. Even like the fact that we got to see Asgard again. Oh, like, man, that, brought, that brought goosebumps back. That was really cool. And then Mobius driving the pizza truck, or the pizza car, the delivery car. Mm. That was pretty cool. Another thing that's in play, Mobius, is he going to be the big bad? But he's at the TVA though, trying to burn it down. So I feel like he'll be on the other side and then he'll, yeah. I don't know. Look, I think, I, think, I think anything is in play. Uh, I, I really do. Um, yeah, look, so we'll obviously do a bit more of a deep dive. I think that's what we're going to probably talk about in our next episode. I think we'll, we'll try to get one out on Thursday or Friday. Um, and you know, we'll react to not only the finale, but I think we'll probably do a whole deep dive on the series as a whole, because I think, you know, it's something that we both want to talk about in more depth. Um, yeah, but look, we'll I think, I, I think we'll leave it there for, um, our Loki talk today. You happy with that? Yeah. I've just got one question for you. Yeah, hit me. Is our Loki going to live or die? What do you think? I think live purely because, as you said, there's going to be a season two. But like I said, I'm not convinced. Or is, Syl- is Sylvie going to be the new Loki and then our yeah, Loki's that- going to walk off into Look, the sunset? As much as I love Tom Hiddleston, I would be okay with Sylvie being our next Loki because I think she's done a great job. Um in embodying Loki and in, uh, from a different take from a female standpoint, I've really enjoyed it. So look, I wouldn't be mad at it, but um, yeah, I don't know. What do you think? I reckon he'll survive. He's too good to kill off. That's true. He's just so mad. He's amazing. Like he's so good. He's made, he's made the character. I reckon he'll survive, but you know, who knows? Well, look, we're going to find out on Wednesday. I, I just, you know, cannot wait for this. I am so pumped. Like I'm counting down the days, really cannot wait. Um, you and I, I'm sure are going to have messages back and forth throughout the week with even wilder predictions. And, you know, we're going to come up with some crazy, um, you know, expectations for this finale between now and then. I'll probably watch four more YouTube videos between now and then and have a couple you know, of deep some, dives. some wild thoughts on it. So, yeah, um, yeah look, we'll, we'll, we'll find out. Uh, look, that brings us to the end of the podcast. You know, it's been a pleasure chatting with you and chatting to our audience. As, As always. always, look, uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Sizzle and Quinny. And you can listen to all our previous episodes wherever you get your podcasts Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We'll be back next week. Until next time, we'll be seeing you. Well, we won't be seeing you. We'll be talking to you. Tell your brother, tell your mother. Tell your cousin, parents, tell everybody, uncles, second cousins, whoever, any final words, whatever. All I'll say is, Loki, what you got for us? Come on, bring it, bring the heat. Let's hope, let's hope that Loki does what the other shows couldn't and finishes strong. Yeah, I I, look, I think, I think, I think Loki will. I think this is the show that really lives up to the hype. And hopefully Loki will be revealed as the main leader in charge of the TVA as a Loki variant, (laughs) et cetera. King Loki. Bring on Kang. Bring on Kang. All right, people. will not be in this. He might be mentioned, but it'll be Loki (laughs) pretending to be Kang. 
but we'll soon find out. Uh, well, that wraps up the podcast. As Loki says, I'm burdened with glorious purpose and we are burdened with glorious purpose on this podcast and we can continue our purpose on the next episode. Until then, peace. Peace. Peace.